A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Hello everybody, we're back. We have not left you, do not fear. We've had a couple of quiet weeks, um, but we have returned to bring the love to your ears again. In adverted commas from a quote from LJ... It's a pointless week for a pod, but I think that's a brilliant time to just chat about what's been up in the world of Laura Jane and Danielle and also kind of review the world. I feel like I'm probably just still a little bit sore that we had promised you an all singing, all dancing beer at Seven's podcast. <laughs> and um, because <laughs> Danielle missed her flight i didn't miss it though did i i didn't actually did well, you get on the flight the evening that your flight was booked i didn't but i did you get I to beer it in day. time for there to be a podcast recorded after i'd lugged the kit from Lon- from cardiff to london london to bilbao bilbao to beer to the world's worst hotel <laughs> just bother turning up well no i i did I did make an error. It was a human error that I regretted. Um, on Wednesday evening, when my phone flashed with the flight I was supposed to be on, but I was actually in my pyjamas, eating my dinner on my couch, thinking that casually I'd booked in work on the Thursday morning, I was going to be flying on the Thursday. I'd even spoken to you about this plenty of times. I just wrote it in my diary the wrong day. But then you didn't come out on the Thursday either. No, so I couldn't get a flight. And the, then I couldn't uh, fly until Friday evening. Did you know that Ricky Swannell did a very similar thing last season with her Paris flight? So she no. thought her Paris flight from New Zealand was meant to be, say, the Tuesday. And she was sat on the sofa on the Monday afternoon. And it said, check in for your flight opens in one hour. She was like, that's weird, opening it 24 hours in advance. Luckily, she'd packed. But she was sat there in like her jammies on the sofa basically had to like throw on a jacket grab a bag a and head to Auckland airport it's a bit fly different in. flying from New Zealand though it is although it did take me 15 hours I live in London 15 hours to get to Biarritz so I went via Paris but I had a lovely a lovely conversation with Alison Kildun did you um Ellie Kildun's mum lovely yeah spotted them in the airport well she actually spotted me and then came over, had a fabulous conversation with her. There were a lot of families at the Sevens that weekend, which I really enjoyed. Sarah Goss, Hirani's mum and sister and niece came and surprised her. Yeah, she'd got the old uh, 
Double Centurion, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, first woman to 200 appearances. That yeah, is they were, class. It is class. She is class. I had oh, a very, it, I, I had a very really like, I didn't get to whiny, see her and find out about your friendship, did I? Oh, I had like Besties. a proper like <laughs> few wines on Sunday evening after the awards, and had like a proper, proper loving with the Gossetron. Although, did you just nose her off? Or? No, it was like so mutual that like there okay, was so much. Love I'm going to need to actually contact her because I don't believe it. Gossie listens to the pod. I'm sure she will tweet in and say, "Okay, I'm sure it she was. Won't, it worked both ways. We'll Not just Gossie, Shani as well. Shani Williams. Ah, she's a good egg. She is a very well. Very it was a good weekend egg. of lots of um, entertainment. Obviously, through people's ears back home. <laughs> just big up your own comms there it definitely wasn't mine it was Vedra's and uh, is that the first time you've met Vedra Knight no mate I've known her for about no, I 23 mean, like, years no but like socially like playing against each other you don't necessarily like always mix no we've um we've bumped into each other and done various bits and pieces for quite a few years um I think she's older than me but she what I know god um no she was in the in san francisco for the sevens world cup and we did a dinner there or we did a talk there um she's always so cool with her glasses she is cool, and yeah tre- like trendy outfit and stuff yeah it was it, like she's just got the best accent and the stuff she says is fantastic yeah. my favorite in uh when we were in japan doing the kitakishu sevens and she said on commentary they're all over there like ants on georgia crumb i mean i don't know what that means <laughs> but i enjoyed it um yeah so she was part of the commentary team and um, Hugh as well. And Kyle. Uh, the, uh, what was really fun was we were covering the England-Ireland game together and um, we were getting a bit patriotic. We were, we were supporting our countries. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. It was really nice to be back with the cemetery. Sevens. Cemetery. <laughs> the cemetery. <laughs> the cemetery. <laughs> the pallbearers and undertakers of the World Rugby uh, Seven Series. That's a new, yeah, there we go. We've gone into WWE. Oh, I'm gonna have to tell you this. So last Saturday we had um, I had a family barbecue. My sister's not been very well, so we uh, were all at my parents and had a family barbecue, and we did a pub quiz afterwards. Just and the four of you? Yeah, the four of us. Well, I mean, there were only three participants because I was the quiz master. I, actually, I say four of us. Um, James Brennan, who is my parents' next-door neighbour, actually took part from over the fence as well. Um, oh but my one of the quiz questions was, um, Terry Belia is better known by what wrestling name? Now, if you didn't know the answer to that, like the actual answer, you would take a stab in the dark and guess a wrestler, wouldn't you? Hulk Hogan. Which is the correct answer. Oh, there we go. My sister thought, like, she just had to make up a wrestler name, so she wrote <laughs> Mr. Squisher. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Squisher. <laughs> Mr. Squisher. <laughs> I've honestly thought about name. it every day <laughs> for the past week. I cannot cope. <laughs> and then my sister's dyslexic and she's not great with names. And That's a hell of a name. <laughs> one of the other questions was who wrote A Brief History of Time? So she just drew a picture of a man in a wheelchair because she couldn't remember so Stephen Hawking's name. So she just drew like <laughs> the disabled <laughs> sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she gosh. Needless to say, she Mr. did not Squisher. win the quiz. Well, I think we should put that out there. Mr. Squisher. Yeah. I mean, WWE is still a big thing, isn't it? 
Oh yeah. We used to In do fact, WWE when we were younger. And um so we when we moved back from New Zealand, I moved back so my brother my oldest brother moved back in the March. He would have been about thirteen, so starting at the upper school. I moved back at nine, which I was uh, in the August and was starting in the middle school. Um and then Joe the rebel came back just before Christmas. He served he back. Ar- That's he, why it took longer. He, he arrived back in Bordies and a purple hot butter top, surf yeah. top. And it he's was, still wearing them now. Was, yeah, it was minus three and snowing because it was two days before Christmas. And then my mum appeared back. Anyway, I don't know. I've just told you that, but that's what how it happened. But my mum bought a big, like a an old flat, and um, anyway, it's quite big. And, but we ended up buying upstairs. It was a big old house. So we had two floors, and upstairs she couldn't be bothered to decorate because that was kind of where we would have friends over, yeah. and kind of the boys had their bedrooms. So it's obviously quite grubby up there. But we had a whole load of old mattresses, and so we would had a sofa in there, and we'd lay all the mattresses out, and it was a proper WrestleMania. Yeah. We were all teenagers and <laughs> my brother tombstoned me um, and and my mum came up and was like, um, like you need to pack it in because you're going to come through the ceiling. Irrelevant of the fact that I'd, my spine would nearly be snapped. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, WWE. Do you know what we time. were playing, um, talking about like dangerous games you play when you're a teenager. I say playing in the kitchen. My dad was walking around trying to... He basically asked my mum to do something and she said no. So he was going around the kitchen saying, all join on for cowboys and Indians. You used to do that when you were in school. You'd walk around the playground, two of you, and you'd be like, all join on for British Bulldogs. And then people would join on. And then when there were enough of you, you'd go and play the game. No, I have never... Did you never do that? that? So it reminded me when I was... Is that how you made friends? I had many friends. I went to like, there were like eight kids in my year in primary school. We had to be friends. But we, um, we were, when I was in sixth form, we, we reprised Red Rover. We bought it back. So this is a bunch of 18 year olds playing probably the most dangerous game. Do you ever play Red Rover? I don't know. Is that where so you kick the ball each other? No, it's when you stand in a chain, like all hold hands and you have two teams. And we'd be like, Red Rover, Red Rover, we call Nolly Over. And you'd have to run at us. And if you couldn't break the chain, you join our like team. But if you can, you pick somebody to go back with you. But you'd basically, as soon as the person ran over, you just lift your arms up and clothesline them. But we were like <laughs> 17, 18 years game. old playing this. Have you never played Red Rover? No. I feel like it's a version of like Kabaddi slash No, because Kabaddi, you don't go Red Rover, Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that game? I so I um was doing God I was a um do athlete mental work and I was working in um in a school actually it wasn't my athlete mental work it was sporting champion so it's this uh-huh. event where they used athletes to go down to schools to inspire young people it's down in Dorset and they'd found that rugby wasn't really a thing that like they were trying to engage with kids and it wasn't so they brought in kabaddi so I went what down a, they said can you coach kabaddi like obviously I'd never seen it not really known about it what a sport so when you go and try and tag them you have to keep saying kabaddi in yeah. the same breath have you and if you so it's if on if sky stop, now if, what you can watch the live so chennai are my team in the kabaddi but it's interesting that you say you do you say we we've got uh we've yeah, got we've, liverpool this weekend we've got some <laughs> <laughs> big one uh, big one against mumbai on the weekend <laughs> It can I be? Um, but how do I, you my team to definitely you, no, be? What's the t-shirt? The chai? No. Oh, what was the t-shirt that you got me from Hong Kong? 
Wan Chai. Wan Chai. That's like... not in India. They play Kabaddi in India. Oh, it's just India, right? Okay. <laughs> There's not like a Hong... it it's not a Hong Kong team in the Kabaddi. <laughs> I always think you can basically work out how old people are by their awareness of Kabaddi because my awareness of Kabaddi comes from Trans World Sport. Do you remember that? So it used to be oh, yeah. Saturday morning on Channel 4 and it'd have like yeah. America's Cup and uh, there'd be a bit of rally driving where you'd, I would often Cause, cause watch. you love sport. I love sport, but you'd perfect your Colin McRae. So the next time you sat in the front seat of dad's car, you pretend you were the navigator in Colin McRae's rally car. Would, I literally would have hated you as my kid, I reckon. Well, NJJ absolutely loves me, so <laughs> unlucky for you. Uh, but yeah, Kabaddi used to be on there. And, they, really? and there'd always be like a, a random segment about some sort of like Women's beach rugby. marbles game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and would you believe it? In England, women, women are playing Went rugby. Went to Canada for the World Cup in 2006. Yeah. You just flashed me your pants. Saws about She's me. wearing a lovely they summer are dress. clean and paid for. It's actually a Primani, this dress. It Is was it? it? was clean when I put it oh, on. I thought it was fresh out of... Um, the linen cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say. You do have a habit of wearing sheets. <laughs> Why are you so mean? I'm not. I'm not. I, I jokes. I'm, I feel I, like I, this I, I can't talk. I'm looking tremendously um, active wear. <laughs> active so. wear. Anyway, should we stop talking about? Um, yeah, I did say I was going to put a 30 minute timer on this podcast. We are 12 minutes in. Okay, well, what do you want to talk about? Should we talk about the Super Series? Tell you what, we started talking about beer it, and I think we should carry on talking about that because the USA won their first ever gold medal, and we've kind of skimmed over that a little bit, but for the first time, they won a series destination stop. And we both got presents. Oh, we did. From the legendary Liz. Um, So Liz Strohecker is the USA strong surname yeah strong surname she is the USA team manager and honestly the nicest person in the world in fact who would you say is nicer out of Liz and Sene oh that's so hard but they're different kinds of nice like Liz is just like <laughs> the sweetest human but so on earth yeah but Sene's like it just gives you compliments all the time Sene makes me feel so good about myself <laughs> Oh, girls, you look so beautiful. I've just been dragged through a pile of steaming horse poop. No, you look really beautiful today. (laughs) Thank you. Whereas Liz is just so thoughtful. So when we went to Canada, I basically last year OD'd on um, fruit punch Powerade. And this year I limited myself to one bottle and made it last the whole week. But because Liz knows I love fruit punch stuff, she bought me loads of fruit punch flavor things to beer it wow. I know and Didn't that wasn't the only gift Liz like, has also else? yeah so we would encourage everybody to go on Instagram and look up Felton Street Designs which is Liz's oh, is that her new name yeah well I did suggest she calls it Holy Hecker Woodworking <laughs> which she refused which has really upset me but whatever Liz it's fine um, but she has you literally just rolled your eyes you're actually yeah I know because I thought it was a great name I came up with it I'd had a couple of Vino Tintos in Japan and I was like Liz I got it um, but no she's gone with Felton Street Designs um, do you reckon she lives on Felton Street she does she told me that oh, okay cool nobody go looking her up we're not going to tell you what state that's in <laughs> <laughs> um, but she it's woodworking with resin injection so they're basically these really cool. We both got. Um, I haven't got mine yet because I arrived ooh, late. I've got mine. Mine is posted. absolutely stunning. It's a. I'm going to use mine as a charcuterie board, but I could use it as a chopping board, I guess. Um, and it's wood, yeah, and you then. You don't cook, though, mate. What are you on? 
nibble nibble and mine has got like an amazing pink shut your face we haven't spent pink, enough time together this is so easy and it's like kind of fiery it's just absolutely stunning and actually if you go on Felton Street Designs Instagram my board is the um, like post is it the, the profile first, picture or it's something? the first post on there and you can actually see the process of it being oiled and everything so wow. a big thanks to Liz because there you go so sweet such a lovely gift so the rugger there was a first no there was two firsts that weekend what was the other one? Oh, can you remember um gossy getting 200 three first usa winning yeah and the you can't remember can you um the, i have beaten the stato at stats oh shut your mouth a minute um did it did it what was it? Spain beat Australia. Is that the first time they've beaten Australia? Yeah. Where Unbelievable game to uh, commentate on. Do you know what? The reason I don't remember that is because the only thing I can think about from St- Spain that weekend is that Barbara Pla's beautiful baby was there and I didn't get to see her and have a cuddle. Sorry, it was about you. They've, they, as a it's country, they've, they've just beaten another yeah, like, like Olympic champion. Patricia Garcia et al, leader of Bina. They all know that I support them. I support <laughs> all the girls on tour in the same oh, way. They were I can't be partisan when it comes to these games. Oh, Had Australia won, God. I would have been happy for them. But the reality is, I love babies, and I didn't get do to have a cuddle with baby Who Clark. do you work for? Do you work for the RFU? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, unbelievable weekend. Uh, what a place Beeritz is that oh God, I'm going so back nice. there that was unbelievable the rugger was superb at times I think there were bits and pieces that probably didn't see the best of New Zealand it, I tell you um, what though it was it was really hot yeah it was hot um, Claire Allen as well oh big yeah. shout out to the vets uh, the vet the <laughs> the vet veteran um, I was gonna say, vet she's a policewoman but no that makes sense yeah no the veteran I got it wrong um, you know I actually lived with Claire at 16 17 when we went to college um, in Bath and to see her run out and um, so she captained the England team for the weekend and a um, real young team yeah um, Beth Wilcock played uh, only 18 years old still at school college um, so yeah real Real young side, Sydney Gregson, one of the Hartbury girls, she got her first yeah. World Series cap, which is super cool, um, played really well. But to see Claire run out and they let her um, run out first um, and the crowd really celebrated. And Claire's kind of quite stern face. Like she, when it comes to rugby, she like, like was really good with stuff like that. And she said that when she ran out, she actually felt really emotional. And she was very emotional at the end though, wasn't yeah. she? She looked a bit It was really cool. I think she was just knackered. She said she was tired like she always used to. She, she, I think she tackled everybody about five times in each game. <laughs> just so that everybody can say that they've been tackled by Clara. Yeah, yeah nah, she I did good. Um, but yeah, America, I think... Um, America! They were... They were really good, and they they it was interesting actually because the first couple of games they got scored against first, so China scored first against them. I think another team did, but they seemed to stick to the game plan. You could see their structure, but also not be rattled with that. Yeah, and I think in the past you've seen a team that wouldn't necessarily handle that very well. But Chris Brown seems to be doing some really good stuff, and he's such a nice guy as well. <laughs> I was chatting to Liz on Sunday morning. And um, Chris came over, and I've not really chatted to him. And I'd had quite a strong coffee. <laughs> I'd had a bit of sugar at, l- at breakfast. Probably had a couple of pastries. 
Was that the morning that you thought I'd come to see you at breakfast when I'd come over for a meeting and yeah, you thought I'd ventured yeah. to the other side of Biarritz? <laughs> Can you come to see me? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, upset. Um, but yeah, I met Chris and um, I just was in like silly mo- silly nolly mode <laughs> and um, I had a good laugh with him. And um, yeah, obviously inspired him to coach the girls to the final. So and He also, <laughs> in the evening on the Sunday at the end of tournament, we had the um, annual awards to kind of oh, sew yeah. up the season. Sorry about you hosting. Co-hosted with Simon Ward, which was lots of fun. My uh, Obviously my jokes went down very well. Um, and then and you also got to wear a yellow skirt because it was tropical themed. Yeah, Hawaiian themed. We had a luau, so everyone wore a lei. And I did obviously break out a cheeky rendition of Little Mermaid for the girls as they left. Um, did you honestly sing on stage? Literally cleared the room, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chris also picked up Coach of the Year at the awards. Oh, did he? And I think. Oh, no, I do know that because you interviewed him. Yeah, but, interview. but he is um, a really modest guy. And when we'd got into town. Um, on the Wednesday or Thursday we went and filmed with him that afternoon um, and we basically said oh you know we're looking for some additional shots for some stuff we're doing lies Um, so if we film you don't worry about that it's just like random stuff and we basically went and filmed him for 20 minutes at training he didn't bat an eyelid and was completely surprised to have won coach of the year he hadn't connected the dots that that's why we'd gone to film Chris that I think he just thought I wanted it for my personal archive you're the worst liar ever oh i told you oh yeah absolutely so yeah chris picked up coach of the year um leader of bina won rookie of the year from spain which is well Mm -hmm. deserved um i've put in my final votes for sevens player of the year but that that comes out of the world rugby awards later this year that's a whole season but it was really it was interesting having watched obviously commentated in sydney um and then watched two of the legs before i then what like i watched all the stuff over there to, like from the tv but then to see it all live like different people putting the hand up and yeah it's been a good season for a lot of players the um, dream team was was quite interesting um one of the dream team spots went to tyler nathan wong which she's class she is class but what was really cool is that she has been the heartbeat of that new zealand team that black Ferns team this season at times and yet, until we got to be rich, she hadn't made a dream team side Which through the it, season. Which, that baffles my brain. But it I just shows how she just does her job. Like, yeah. But also how, if you... So you saw in Kitakushu, New Zealand stumble, and th- they, they had hardly any of their senior players, But which shows that actually they still did okay. Yeah. Um, but how their senior players really do hold the team together. Massively. And what they do... Um, her kicking was outstanding. Yeah. Her restarts. It's really impressive. And um, she didn't just do her backwards skippy hop kick. She also kicked open. And, yeah. Um, yeah, really great player. Really Tell great. you what, you uh, you talk about the importance of their senior players. Um, whisper it. Say it very quietly. Something I noticed on Instagram this past week. Portia Woodman is back running. <laughs> I th- what do you think I was going to say? I thought you were talking about me playing for what? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> you are not going to be making a comeback for the Olympics. Oh, I'm mate. sorry. I'm mate. sorry. There's an upper Don't age say limit. never. Don't say, ever say never. You'd be, never you know say never. You ever know, say never. <laughs> you know when know. you like, um, around the Olympics, they'll have those videos about athletes who they tell their story because they're not going to win, but they're like 60 years old and they're the oldest athlete at the tournament. Me, me, stuff me, like that. Me, me. 
I could I could make a comeback on the performance of the weekend. It's very unlikely, but well, what I I what a stay of the year, mate. But you you did and say that you would p- possibly take um, a leaf out of Lev Kelter's book, um, based on her performance in Biarritz, where she missed the opening of the tournament because she was on a ban for a red <laughs> card from the uh, Langford. <laughs> final and then she got banned again mid-tournament she got two yellows one of them to be fair wasn't a yellow but but she she, yeah so she um missed the semi-final no quarter-final quarter-final back for the final so and then got player of the final played kind of half the uh, amount of games that she needed to there you go um maybe that's what you could do yeah exactly and um charlie hater charlie hater the new uh england sevens coach he did watch our semi-final. Uh-huh. I, I scored two tries. I struggled to get there. <laughs> <laughs> they, were further than, they were further than 22 metre dashes. Had you ever been carded in sevens? Um, yeah. But, um, I have done. But I don't know whether it was in a World Series event. I think maybe in Dubai when it was like invitational. Have you? How many times were you carded in an England shirt in 15s? Once. One. Yeah, 2000 and... Hmm, The year, you probably should know this, the year that Italy got put into the women's Six Nations, so it was Spain, um, because I played against Alejandra Nives, the referee. Whose Uh, baby is soon I know. She's just one of my favourite people. She's just brilliant. Um, Every time I see her on the circuit, she's just great. So obviously played for Spain, refereed the Olympic final. Yeah, um, and now she is the elite referees manager for the women's. Yeah, it's a, like a great appointment. Like she's really, she really gets it. I love the way that she referees. Um, like she she let the breakdown go and let like you know just clear back rower. Just loved it. But she's um, just a ledge. So, oh, what were we talking about? You getting carded? Yeah, Italy, uh, in Rome, and um, girl kicked the ball, and I knew I'd lined her up to slaughter, so I just <laughs> carried on. And then, yeah, had to take 10 minutes. But um, at the time, I was going out with um big Kiwi guy who was, like, clapping and proud <laughs> of the tackle that because he came from rugby league. So he was, like, celebrating me, absolutely decking someone that didn't have their feet on the floor, which isn't very good. I'm not... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Promoting that. Um, we um, we mentioned Alhambra, and which brings us on to the referees a little bit. And it's really nice that um, the Super Series, as we move on to that... The quality referees over there, including a uh, friend of the podcast, um, Amanda Cox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. oh, Coxie, mate. Amanda. Amanda Cox. Mandy. She's so oh, 100% I'm calling her Mandy. She could look like a Mandy, actually. No, she's not. <laughs> she literally would be. Oh, she had a nightmare. She she'd had, have a proper um, bite at the end of that. That was that was in the France-Canada uh, game. Yeah. Oh, wow, France are disappointing in that game. Oh, my God. And then, like people are saying, and I said, surprising results, surprising performance. And people have tweeted me saying, oh, you know, that none of the team are there. Fundamentally, if you put on an international shirt and you're one of the top three in the world, I don't care what players they're yeah. putting in there. Whether you're 18 years old or 50 like I was when I finished, you should be able to catch and pass. They've also got a pretty elite women's league in France. Yeah, there no, should be enough I mean. like players like, yeah. to pick from. The elephant in the room a little bit here is the um, facilities at the Super Series, which I'm sure many people have tuned in to hear Nolly's opinion about and stuff like that because you haven't tweeted and engaged in that where I've noticed Melody Robinson this week has, or just a couple of days ago has come out and said that she thinks it's wholly unacceptable and we've seen things about the girls having to change in portaloos and tents and stuff like that what are your thoughts on this from what you've read because obviously you're not there so yeah. we have to be very careful here and we are going spoken on- much to the girls you know it's been nice to hear that they're enjoying it um checked in with a couple that have got knocks and just making sure they're enjoying the tour because there's yeah. some young girls out there and i know, mean everyone's instagram's flying i know said <laughs> yeah they spend more time at the beach i think at the moment yeah. but now nah, they're, they're really enjoying it um i think from my perspective um people are comparing it to what they'll see in this country they're comparing it to a world cup because yeah. people are saying it's harder than a world cup playing in the top five um but it isn't a world rugby event. It's it's an invitational tournament yeah. that America are hosting. And I think that that's what everyone, first of all, needs to remember. Yeah. So it's not one of the big super hitters in rugby hosting anything. It's someone, yeah. someone that is seen a as... A developing nation. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I suppose my point with all of it is it has been like that over there and in Canada for my whole career. Yeah. So that's looking at 15 years. Now... I know that Emily Bidewell, who is the performance manager in America, is making massive changes to their game. Um, They are supporting the girls more than they ever have. They had longer in camp beforehand. um, And there is a limited amount of money in women's rugby. Now, as players, we would always accept that. Um, But my frustration is that I suppose there's 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 lots of different elements to it. But my frustration is that players should be challenging it because they're not saying anything at the moment. It'd be interesting when they come home to see what's happening and the messages coming out of it. But challenging it if it isn't okay. Yeah. Having the ability to have the voice to say, this needs to change. Yeah. Because for years I didn't as a player and we didn't as a, as a team. Now, whether that came through the RFU or the hosting nation or whatever, we couldn't challenge it because we were kind of made to feel grateful that it was happening now the thing i 
I suppose where I sit on it is that with limited resources, what your focus? Now they've flown in all the teams and there's an opportunity to play against each other. As England, you get to play lots of test matches. They fund yeah. autumn series, you've got six nations and then they always have, pretty much always have a summer tour. So we're really fortunate. Yeah. Get that opportunity to come together, play together, play in an intense environment. Um, if America are going to host something, if World Rugby and I presume... They'd have to sanction it. Yeah, they, so they're supporting it, however, whether it's financial or coming in and supporting from another side of it and sanctioning it, then there needs people need and countries need to be held accountable to a set of minimum standards. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that that is a test match facility. I don't think what you're seeing on the TV is of the standard you would expect for test match rugby. Yeah. Um, however... Having spoken to the girls, they've said it's a nice, nice pitch. It's pretty hard, but it's a quick surface, and they're and they're you know they're playing yeah. on it. Um, I haven't seen the changing facilities. I've heard that they are intense because one of the things that we have heard is that they, the excuse um, for want of a better word, is that the facilities are as such the changing facilities because they have tried to maximise the fan experience in the fan village. Now. We talk a lot about getting eyes on it and support for the women's game. Is it right that they have almost um, kind of the the girls' Rob facilities? Rob Peter to pay Paul? Yeah. Um, I, no, I don't think it is. And if it's an invitational tournament... So there's lots of things that you can look at, but it's, it's not going to have a lot of people there, but it is going out globally. Yeah. So on TV. So they've invested in having the cameras there to get it, get it over here. Now... Again, there isn't the uh, there isn't the quality that we're used to having over here. So all of the cameras that y- and the angles. It's and also the being shots. done by an independent company, so it's been done by this Flow Sports. So it's not a, it's not the company who are um, obviously people have got an awareness that the MLR is being broadcast. It's got it's nothing well, to not do really with those companies. Either, I don't think. No, um, I think they've done a few bits and pieces, but there's certainly um, a kind of. Oh, I know it sounds. I don't mean to sound disrespectful to anyone, but a, a minnow. It's not a a big broadcaster like a Sky or a BT or mm. an NBC or someone. Yeah, so uh, like, I, I don't think that you... I, I don't... I haven't heard that. I haven't even read it. But um, I wouldn't agree with that. And I... Th- World Rugby have made a big stand in supporting women in rugby. And their recent Unstoppables campaign, I was over in Ireland when it was launched, is absolutely brilliant. And I am fully behind supporting all elements of the game. However, with that, if you're going to push the grassroots level of the game and engage with women and bring people in, you need to inspire women. And you inspire women through the inspirational stories, the inspirational playing that you get at the elite level. Now, if you are marketing a tournament as the Super Series, best five in the world, slamming it from there, when people tune in from all around the world, they're going to expect the best. Yeah. However, if you market it, and I don't know where it's all been done, various in different parts of the world, but if it's marketed as a this is an invitational tournament, it's slightly more low key, it's an opportunity for performance and competition. That's very very different because people don't understand. They don't understand that it's not a World Cup. So how much do you think World Rugby need to think more commercially mindedly when it comes to the next world cup so obviously this summer if you are a 10 year old girl you are confronted by 
a FIFA Women's World Cup, which has had record-breaking viewership in the UK in terms of TV audiences. It's looked fantastic. The merchandise is selling out off the shelves. They can't cope with it over in France. That's just you buying it. Later this <laughs> summer, oh, there are some absolute penting kits there, though. That Polka Dot France one. Um, the, the Netball World Cup in the UK later this summer is going to be huge. It's, I feel like wherever I turn, I'm not a netball fan. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal <laughs> to watching it. Um, but everywhere I turn, there is a massive, um, everyone's conscious of it. Um, and even if you look at the uh, reformatted Ashes series for England women and Australia women this summer, which is a multi-format competition, which is really inventive, really exciting. And then you look at, how women's rugby is being treated in this super series if you're a 10 year old girl and you're looking at what sport you want to play it's not a great advert for the game is it um well what's hard is the rugby's not been at the standard that i would expect from any of the teams to be honest england weren't at the best when they played america good scoreline they had the um the, the buy um just gone but you know that yeah skill sets haven't been as good as you would i'd have hoped as someone that knows all the players yeah. and knows the teams um but i reckon that will ramp up when you start to see the the yeah. rest of the test matches and the girls come in real head-to-head you know england france england england new zealand's always a corker um but yeah it i just think that world rugby need to have a set of minimum standards and nations need to be accountable to somebody yeah. so if they are hosting an event they need to meet a certain amount of requirements just like in the Teals Premiership yeah or every single club has minimum standards now if those minimum standards can't be met because or various parts can't be met because um of funding then either they're supported in getting more funding to allow it to happen they're guided through that process or it's made very clear in the press and the media about what the situation is. Because the most frustrating thing for me as a player is when you know, statements are made about women's rugby and the support that's given and it's we're in the best possible place. And the RFU have done it in the past. And you know, Simon Middleton was quoted when contracts were lost to say, and we got match fees and he said, oh, it's great that women can now make a living from the match fees. You couldn't make a living from no. that. It was less than minimum wage. So... That was a quote that he did that was misinterpreted that then from the outside, things look really positive. Oh my yeah. God, these women are being support, like really supported. They get loads of money, the great facilities, all this. When actually in reality, that's not the case. No. So there's a mismatch between messaging and, and, reality. and reality. And I think as players, we're, we're really comfortable with saying where we're at yeah. and and having a great product that is growing. Now, I think a really good example of women's rugby growing at this level and at the pace that it, it supports it is the Sevens World Series. Yeah. So next year we're seeing eight tournaments for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, in tournament in in spaces that are alongside the men, I think mm. five or six. Yeah. Of them are joined together with the men's six. They they've been strategically placed around the world so that the women can be hosted. A appropriately yeah with the appropriate facilities it's been looked at from a from a strategic level so uh, you know if world rugby are trying to grow competition in the international le game which they are they have to they have to provide a facility for more players to play at the top level outside of world cups do you have a hundred games with 
60% kind of input and quality or do you have 60 games at 100% quality well I know I know what I'd prefer yeah. however the caveat is that it is that England play a lot yeah. so my experience is that will we play a lot so actually yeah do we need to be traveling around the world to be playing all these games and doing all this stuff at a low standard well no you know we're playing in stadiums yeah. over here and we're getting the support and we're live on tv and isn't life great the likes of New Zealand Canada America don't get to play no so it it's kind of it's working out at a level that is appropriate to where the game is going to produce a, um, if it's going to be a marketable product that is of the standard that we are all setting within the world. We can't go from an amazing World Cup, an amazing Six Nations when they come to England, um, Autumn Series at Twickenham, wherever it might be, and then really go hard on the marketing about Super Series in the summer when it's the top five and it not be at that level. But is there something to be said for the fact that the USA are hosting this event? Oh, it's massive. And it, and it, it's a huge credit to Emily Bidewell and her team over in, for USA Rugby. You know, to, to put their hand in their pocket and to say, right, we're going to do this. And it takes a lot to yeah. organise. Um, and she's willing to do that for her team. But I don't think she's been supported by everybody making comments and negative approach about what it looks like. But I don't think someone has actually said right let's be honest about where we're at let's be honest about what this tournament is it's not world rugby like it's not a world cup yeah it's an invitational tournament and this is where they're at i but at the same time i don't know why they've picked that venue but it is i think disappointing to see not a better venue when you i know having played sevens in america the standard of facilities that they have across yeah across their country so from one impressive american woman in emily bidewell to another i know that you were very keen um to talk about coco goff the american 15 year old tennis sensation who has lit up wimbledon um and as impressive as she has been her mother has been even more so jumping around in the friends and family seats um you actually made your first england camp around I was 15, a, yeah. a similar age yeah so is there England Academy. is that why you're enjoying watching her so much do you think um, yeah I, I think so and I was actually at a school down in Hastings Arc, Arc Williams secondary um with year 10s um and it was a couple of days after she'd beaten Venus and I said to these year 10s, we were talking about raising aspirations and, you know, the first that have been happening and are they the first to leave their family to want to go to uni or to do something yeah. totally different? And I was like, this girl has gone to Wimbledon. You yeah. know, she has just beaten Venus Williams. And, I, you know, and I j- to see their face and to be like, oh, my God, like this, this is what someone is achieving at my age. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but what I do... I do find, I'm just going to say, I do find interesting is how the media and how people are talking about her because, and I've caught myself saying it about how young she is. And, you know, when I was 15, I was probably more mature than I am now. (laughs) Not hard. (laughs) But I I thought I might not have been more mature. I didn't have the global experience, the life experience that I've got now. And I'm still young in the grand scheme of life, but old in terms of rugby but um but actually at a fif- as 15 you know if you've been around the elite setup you know she's trained her, like she wouldn't be where she is 
if she wasn't really quite mature and had a positive outlook do you also if you're at that age before you've been exposed to a more global sporting scene or international sporting scene you have been consistently the best person that you know you because you've been playing in environments where you're the really good one and does that actually your confidence hasn't been knocked yet yeah well she so she did this interview after the second round and i can't remember the lady that she played but um someone that reached the semi-final Wimbledon right so she's knocked out Venus Williams she knocks out this you know like seeded player yeah and then in the interview they said well you know are you worried about who you're going to face and she said no if I go out in the court I believe I can beat anyone on the other side of the court and if I don't then I'm not going to go out and play and then Boris Becker in um in the in the review of the interview and he was saying she doesn't know what fear is yet yeah and I think that... And he's probably a, a great person to come well, out because yeah, he, he was, what, 16 when yeah. he won Wimbledon for the first time. Yeah, and I think that as much as we say that young players, um, you know, she is young and then, and physically she's m- still developing, they have a, a willingness to succeed, a desire to to win, and a competitive spirit. She, y- You look at the way she runs for the balls. You look at the fact that, you know, and she, she really challenges herself to on a second serves and she just has an air of confidence about her that is awesome yeah. and you get as a youngster and you don't get it it hasn't been beaten out of you from the press or from losing games and uh, you know and and there's something so magical about that and I suppose the only challenge is how she deals with failure because yeah. at the moment she's playing some great tennis when I was 15 and I went into the England Academy and I couldn't even do contact. And then when at 16, an email went round and was like, Nolly can find, like, Nolly's finally 16. And then they were like, that sounds a little bit dodgy that old lots of men <laughs> are saying that she's 16. Um, but I remember not making the starting shirt and being on the bench. And that crushed me yeah. because I thought, well, I've been told that I'm really good. I'm yeah. right. And and it's it, there's certain elements of being an elite athlete and the pressure that... Um, you find hard as a youngster but there's something magical about it and I think that that's what we need to keep reminding ourselves instead of saying oh she's really really young we need to say how special she is and how cool it is that she's doing what she's doing and support her and have fun with it have you ever watched the documentary the short game no so it's a Netflix documentary and it's about the junior um, golf championships in America and one of the guys or kids who's on it is um Alan Kornikova, who's Anna Kornikova's younger brother. Alan. And Alan. Um, oh. And he is just, I mean, I think he's probably about 14, 15 now, because this documentary was made a few years ago. Um, and it's the different age groups in, in the golf competition. So they're as young as like under fours and stuff. It's crazy. But obviously, under fours, be- playing you think, golf. Yeah, but you think Tiger Woods was like first seen on TV with a golf club in his hand when he was two years old. Really? There's a little girl on it who's called Tiger because her dad is obsessed with the fact that he wants to have the next is living through his child yeah massively (laughs) and but it's really interesting because she fails and gets really upset and it's about emotional intelligence and how alan cornico that's the word emotional intelligence yeah and he just like thrives through this and is really like supremely confident but it's because at his age he hasn't met anybody who's better than him and i think it's that's your homework is to watch the short game i think you'll enjoy it you'll like it Hmm. um anything else before we sign off this random pod something i've done recently that i've never done before 
I went, I went for... Build your hair. Oh my God, yeah. Cut my hair off and actually had to style it. You said that I look younger though. You do look younger. I've had some positive reviews. I'm. I don't know if you look as much younger now. Maybe you looked younger earlier because you'd like pulled back all the wrinkles on your forehead <laughs> with the top knot. <laughs> oh my god! I have to tell you this. I, okay. Karen Jones saw my mum saw a car the other day, and the license plate was W four 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 LES. Wales. <laughs> Did you want it? Hundred percent. Have you bid for it? Uh, you know I've got my own private plate. Oh. On your new car as well. Yeah, it's not on the new car yet. There was a few problems, wasn't there, with that? You lost your documents, didn't you? Lost my documents. Yeah, there have been a number of issues, but big thanks to the very, very helpful even, people at the DVLA in Swansea. You even tweeted to oh say God, thank they you. They were so polite, though. Honestly, really? I cannot... Like, I spend a lot of time, I feel, as I get older, doing, like, personal admin stuff. And the people... What, just life? Just <laughs> life, yeah. Literally just We've adulting. So anyone at home that um, struggles with life admin, join... The club. LJ and myself, we are terrible. We always oh. whinge about it. We get really tired and uh, can't handle it, can we? No. <laughs> Tell you one thing about life that I've never had before. What? A whole artichoke. You ate an artichoke? Not the bulb, the whole flower bit. Have you ever had one of those? No. So, my friend Emily Maisie invited me over to her house for um, the most amazing um sunday dinner little group of us girl gang and um emily had made a special dip and the whole artichoke and he pulled the he pulled the leaves off one by one and just nibbled the end have you ever had that no i'm not sure if i I imagine it to be quite rooty no it wasn't it wasn't at all it was unbelievable with me just and it was a homemade dip it was a homemade dip quite garlicky um, Yum. I love garlic, so I could yeah. get for that. Um, interesting. Never had it before. Didn't even know what to do. She had to show us. Wow, I don't know how I'd feel about that. What is the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? Artichoke. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anything you've, Anything weird you've eaten? I ate, The first time I went to Japan, I ate loads of things. I'm not sure what they are, and I never want to know what they were either. So. Oh. Sweetbreads are a bit weird, aren't they? Oh, I love sweetbreads. I love any offal. Yeah, I love offal. Are you joking? No, genuine, like, love. Genuine. <laughs> Do you know there's no part of a pig you can't eat? Really? There, another documentary, or it's a series, Tom Parker Bowles did, where he literally ate a pig from snout to Trotter. bumhole. Ate the whole thing. There's no bit of, like, inside and out, there's nothing you can't eat on a pig. Well, I presume you can't eat the bones, but... No, obviously. Um, or the tissue. Uh, no, you can eat the whole thing. Actually, I, I've just realised, I've forgotten something. Talking about animals, you yeah. told me earlier that you've got hearing like a dog. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I don't know why you find this like amazing. but It's not amazing, I've got it's do- absolute trash. I've got dog and cat hearing. I can hear <laughs> extremely high-pitched noises. <laughs> Don't be jealous of me. My eyes I'm might not, not be great, but my ears are fantastic. Wait. That's why I find the frequency, literally, where I will stand outside people's houses chatting and their neighbours have got those cat scarers and it's unbearable for me because I can hear that and like most humans can't hear them. I can hear those. It's just like a whistly, like a really... It's yeah. like goes through me because like, it's so, so strong. You've, so you've got the eyes of... Um, what are you going to say? 
something really rude. Um, but yeah. the hearing of a dog. Correct. I don't right. have the swimming skills of your dog. No. Do you know what? Just this, I feel like this is an appropriate way to end the podcast because I think it talks a lot about our friendship. Um, I can often feel intimidated by being such close friends with an elite athlete and somebody who has reached the absolute highest highs of his sport. <laughs> Someone oh. I'm, I'm very proud to call a friend, but it, it does intimidate me. But the great leveller <laughs> is seeing you in water. And me. I forever will cling to watching you getting pounded by the waves at Bondi Beach. <laughs> and I literally felt like Pammy. I felt like Pamela Anderson. I felt like a mermaid. I felt like Splash. And I've never seen anything like the drowned rat. That <laughs> kind of, it was like you were in a washing machine as I just stood there watching. And it's, it brings me great comfort. I'm very, very pleased. And on that, we are pleased to have wasted approximately 50 minutes of your time. Yeah. Um, you can't see it because you're blind. I, I hope you enjoyed that, folks. Um, we will be back sporadically through the summer. Um, but let us know if you've got anything that you'd like us to chat about. Yeah. Anyone you'd like, even if you'd want to come on the pod. Yeah. We could have some funky guests. But you've got Within to have a good reason. story. You need to have good chat. Um, and also be able to come to Notley's house in southwest London. Um, and like dogs. We are in talks and chatter about next season's podcast where we will be coming in your ears on a weekly basis again um and as we've said please send us any thoughts and suggestions things that you'd like to hear from the pod things that you've enjoyed in our first 15 podcasts anything that you think the tryhards should be doing we would love to hear from you bye bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.